Sterling scores big whilst Aguero stitches this all up. It's the FPL Surgery Podcast. Coming to you on the 27th of November 2018, recording on Tuesday night as per usual. It's the 111th instalment of the FPL Surgery. Welcoming back the Iceman. Thank you, brother. You almost said Fantasy Football Surgery podcast there at the start, didn't you? I absolutely did, yeah. I rescued it uh, just at the end, but that is absolutely what I wanted to say. It's going to take a couple of seasons before I stop doing that. It will, yeah. Take me the same. How was your How was your week, Iceman? Yeah, Not in FPL terms, just in life. In life, it, it's been going well. Yeah, I've done some more housework, so get my hands dirty again. How about yourself? I um, I did nothing towards the house this week. I've got a dripping tap. I need to fix desperately, but I'm busy recording this with you, so that's going to have to wait for now. <laughs> it is, yes. That comes last. But let's not bore our listeners with our mundane house tasks. Uh, let's welcome our guests. And we've got another brilliant guest this week, known to many of you as Trigger Lips. But we've got Nick, who is an author and fantasy football blogger. He's had four top 1K finishes, with the best being 35th, which is damn impressive. He runs his own podcast, releasing episodes nearly every day. So if you think we're committed to doing this, how about a daily podcast? Nick, welcome. Welcome there, guys. That's a great introduction there. Very impressive. <laughs> we've, uh, we've set you up nicely. Um, Nick, how did you, because I've obviously been playing for a while, how did you get into FPL and kind of what, what, what's the earliest that you started playing? Um, I think it was about 2009, 2010 for FPL. But I was yeah. playing before that on the, um, I forget what it's called now, the official fantasy game, which was, um, I think it's still going, but I've been yeah. playing a long time. Playing it a while, some absolutely brilliant, uh, brilliant finishes. And what's because I know you do your daily podcast, don't you? So tell tell our listeners a little bit about that. Well, I started doing those this season. I used to run a blog, but I found yeah. it was really hard work. It was um, it took me like two or three hours a day to write an article. Yeah. Whereas I can go and do a podcast in five minutes, and it kind of gets the point across. <laughs> Yeah, strangely, we have a problem doing that, don't we, Iceman? Because we still drag on for about an hour and a half a week. Yeah, sometimes it does go on for about two hours. So nice. We do go on. Task for me. Lots of editing. We do go on, but it's all in the interest of the love of FPL. So, Nick, great to have you on board. We'll ask you more about your team in a minute. Um, A couple of couple of bits of housekeeping before we get started first of all we're we're going all kind of advertising and i want to thank the kind folks at siren craft brew they've sent us a case of their of their products which is uh, awesome iceman i know you're sat there loaded with one of them yes so. yes i have one in my hand right now it's called Soundwave, and uh, i'm enjoying it muchly it's a good tasting brew this any what, what are the notes of it iceman what notes oh uh, well this is 5.6 percent volume and there's all sorts they've got in there the one i had the other day was coffee and like chocolate flavor it was i've never experienced anything like it but I've wait you, you didn't send me it. the coffee then no no, I didn't send you that one, sorry. Right. Okay. I thought I'd have that for myself. Is that okay? That's, that is, uh, that's quite selfish. No yeah. festive cheer from you. Cheers for that. Oh. But uh, yeah, so the, the perfect beer and beverage to have with your podcast listening. Of course, not if you're driving though, because that would be an absolute nightmare. <laughs> yeah, not if you're driving. 
don't drink and drive um so to say a little bit more about them as they've kindly supported this podcast um i know everyone at the brewery um, is very into fpl so uh, they certainly have a drink whilst they're playing um, again not at work if you're interested in purchasing any of uh, siren brews go to www.sirencraftbrew.com use the code fpl surgery and get 10 percent off all the way up to christmas um, they've got a massive range of craft brews, as the Iceman has just mentioned there. Um, they've also made us aware of a, a pour yeah, that is called the Iceman's Pour. <laughs> yeah, but basically people fill their glasses right up to the top to make them pretty for Instagram. And if you, you look up the hashtag Iceman Pour, you'll see plenty of pictures of just craft beers just all over yeah, so I think uh, Iceman, if you haven't drunk them already, Iceman, we'll have to get together and uh, make one for, for our um, Twitter feed. They're, they're all gone, mate. Sorry. Right. Okay. Well, if you want to purchase one, uh, yeah, <laughs> www.sirencraftbrew.com. Looks like I'm going to have to do that now as there's none left. But thank you, lads. Uh, appreciate the support. Yeah, I really do appreciate it. Thank you, Andy. Thanks for all your emails. As well. Right. FPL headline time. So these are the big topics we're covering this week. Just to be clear, this is a questions podcast. So to be a bit more responsive to your Twitter and online questions, we're not going for every fixture. We're going to tackle the top topics, which are whether to move away from Hazard or Salah. Are City unbeatable? So what are their best midfielders from Sane, Sterling to Silva? Have Spurs turned a corner? Do we need to keep the faith in Wolves? And how do we tackle the thorny issue of the festive fixture pile-up? But before we get on to that, somebody else I need to thank as well. So each week we talk about our Patreon following. So patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. Uh, I want to thank Tim OD for, for joining and getting involved in the Slack channel level of support. Again, loads of good stuff going on in that Slack channel. Plenty of top 10k finishers, lots of competitions. If you join Patreon as well, there's a chance to win FPL Surgery merch. So get involved, patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. Yes, and I do have some prizes to send out. I've also got last month's prize to send out to uh, John Eric Torsenstein, if I can get his name right. Very much so. Thank you for your continued support, though. It helps us just to develop what we're doing on the podcast, which is great. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so let's talk FPL and how we got on in our game week. So first of all, Nick, how'd you get on this weekend? 29 points this week. Not too good, but it, then it could have been much worse. I didn't like my team going into the game week because I had double Chelsea defence against Tottenham. Yeah. And there was a few things I was worried about. And I was thinking about taking a hit to get Marshall Allen or a couple of other people. And all those hits would have made the score worse than it actually was. So some weeks you just have to suck it up, I think, and go with what you've got because you can't really change it so as it turned out I mean a lot of other good players have had poor week to week as well haven't they it's more of a week yeah. for the casuals this week so yeah, I, 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 that's made me feel much more reassured, Nick, because I only got um, 35. I didn't have a great game week either. Tactically, I had kept Shakiri in, and he, he, sure enough, he started but did nothing. I thought Aguero was nailed on to score, and he didn't. And I had Richarlison as well, because all the stats underlying were saying he was the man to go to with a lot of people captaining him. So I suffered, other than a few defensive returns, nothing else. So a rubbish game week for me. Iceman? Uh, yeah, also not a great game week for me great. either. Yeah. So it's it all terrible over here. Uh, I actually scored 38 in the end. So I've actually Ooh, gone down. Us. 
Yeah, I've gone down from 19k to 32k overall. And I think my tactical decisions was just whether to get rid of Wilson and bring in Jimenez. So I did that and it counted for nothing. But at least I've I've got him going forward. I'm I'm quite hopeful of him. Bit annoying because I've got some problems now. Murphy only, he was benched. So I might have to sort him out as well. Right. Okay. So shall we, let's get into these headline questions. So a big one. A few weeks ago, we were talking about the the rise of Salah, the you know the form of Eden Hazard, and just wanting to get back from injury. The question this week is whether to move away from Hazard or Salah. So, Nick, let me come to you first on this. This question has come from El Magico, twenty one, and also Hogsrud, who was on the pod previously. What are your thoughts on this? Well, the first thing is I wouldn't be taking Hazard out this week. Certainly not. I see a lot of people are selling him. But, yeah. Um, as long as he's fit and there's no way I'd take it. I don't even own him. Yeah. I haven't had him from the start. And I'm, I'm actually thinking of bringing him in this week. I, su- yeah. I suppose it's a big question of whether he's fit, really, isn't it? Yeah, if he's fit, I think I'm going to have to bring him in. Because, I mean, he could easily get, like, 15 points this week against Fulham. But in the long term, I've been looking at his stats. And he probably doesn't... He's probably worse than Sterling. So, I think Sterling would be a better long-term play than Hazard, probably. Yes. But, um, Sal is a tricky one as well, isn't he? I've got this dilemma with my own team this week, and I can't decide whether to take out Sane, uh, Salah or Mane. So it's very difficult because he is scoring points. I mean, he's at home to Watford this week, so he probably is going to get about eight points, isn't he? So he's taking playing, him he's, out. Is, he's playing Everton this week, I think. Yeah. Oh, Everton. Okay. So, yeah. But every home game, he's been kind of getting a goal. So it's always difficult to take him out. He does just enough, doesn't he? Just enough to kind of make you want to keep him. Nick, just to, I wanted to throw something your way here because I think you're right. The one, if, if people don't have him, they'll be the obvious choice for many will be Hazard or Salah to Sterling. Now, Man City, Iceman, you're going to have to let me mention the Champions League. City have played against Leon tonight. They've come away with a 2 2 draw, and Sterling and, well, Sterling played 90 minutes in that one. Would that affect your decision making around him potentially? I think they all played um, 90 minutes almost, didn't they? It was only Sané that came off early. Yeah, seven, uh, 70 minutes he came off. Aguero came off in the in the 90th minute. So you're right, all the top dogs pretty much got the uh, got a big run out there. Does that does that affect your decision-making? With me, I was never thinking of bringing Sterling in anyway. Um, if uh-huh. I get anyone, it would be Sané. So, oh, so, so now, now he's got a rest, that so kind of brings him more to the fore. I was already going to bring Sani in anyway, rather than Sterling, because it allows me three premium mids, whereas otherwise I can only afford two. But um, Sterling playing 90, yeah, I'm not so sure, because they really needed the results, so they couldn't really take anyone off, could they? So it didn't really reveal any intentions for the weekend. So I wouldn't let that influence you one way or the other. I mean, there's all the talk, of course, Sterling is the one people have been looking at. I think in terms of Sane's form, though, I mean, he's played significantly fewer minutes five goals and six assists so his return rate this season is fantastic mm. he, sta- he stacks up well on the stats with um, Sterling there's not much in it unexpected goals and assists I think he's actually above Sterling yeah and he's still he's still relatively fresh because he didn't play in the World Cup no. and he um, didn't start at the beginning of the season so he's um, in full flight now. So I think he's Mendy's out for quite a long time, isn't he? So mm. two million cheaper. I think I'd go with Sané, to be honest. 
Yeah. See, I saw a tweet from Adam Hopcroft. Uh, he put the minutes per FPL goal involvement. So it's a goal or an assist. Sane is actually on 54 minutes, which is top just above Sterling on 67 and Aguero on 68. So yeah, it does show that he, he's definitely a, an option to go for at the moment. Like you say, with Mendy out, he's fairly safe pick. Uh, he's got 33 points over the last two as well. He can't really be ignored, can he? Did last year get the Youth Player of the Year as well. So, And he had a great season last year. There's no reason why he can't get better. It's so young and improving, isn't he? So yeah. Iceman, so um, we, we had Nick's thoughts there on that specific question around moving away from Hazard and Salah. What, what's your view on this? Yeah, well, with Hazard, he looked really good playing alongside Giroud, didn't he? He was scoring points, then Morata comes in and he starts blanking. Uh, he is carrying an injury, so if he is out this game week, I think he's going to go for me. As I, see, I saw a tweet from Adam Hopcroft. Uh, he put, no coincidence that Morata started the last five games and Hazard's, I think, only got nine points and all seven of Hazard's goals have come when Giroud is on the pitch so Giroud needs to start really doesn't he and it's whether or not Giroud starts on Thursdays I mean if, if Giroud starts on Thursday it does suggest that Morata starts against Fulham so even then I'm I might be likely to move Hazard out as well but I've looked at this, the Salah, moving him out. I mean, he's doing well, Salah. Like like Nick has said, he's very consistent. It's just that cheaper players are doing better than him, like Sane and Sterling. Mm. So it's tempted to move him out and use that money to better use for the rest of your team. For example, me, I'm looking at it this week to either move Salah out, bring in Sterling or even Sane, and then next week even look at moving Aguero out for for Kane with their good fixtures coming up. So mm-hmm. you can do a lot more with the cash. I mean, it's, it's just, like Nick said, it's that consistency. I mean, I don't think he's going to start blanking. He's not going to start you know, not scoring at all. He's playing up front. It's, he's out of position at the moment, just playing right up top. But he, he's just not hitting the double figures enough for his price. I mean, I suppose it depends on what situation you're in, whether you've got enough players to to move around or whether you've got Kane or something like that. Um, If you've got other problems in your team, I don't think you should be moving out Salah for a City mid. But, you know, if you've got nothing else to do, like the best route to maximise those points. Because I heard last season, I don't know where I heard this, but... Last season, if you got, say, Gross, William, or someone else throughout the season during their high points, during their purple matches, you would have scored more than Salah over the season. So that has come into my thinking as well. And at that price, he is expendable. Uh, I feel like you could move him out. The problem with that theory is that you only know after the event whether it's Gross or whoever it is. And in reality, it's likely to pick some cheap dad that does nothing and uh, you're not going to get anywhere near the points that Salah's going to get from yeah the yeah cheap it's, it's a good he- point yeah it's interesting you have to have really good predictive skills to, to make that work but I suppose it's the, the city mids which is intriguing yeah. everyone if it wasn't for the city mids I don't yeah. think people want, will want to be moving away from Salah I, I feel like it's the sterling the Sane and even the silver making people look at this option yeah, we had a question from Toby Alexander on this. So he said, pretty obvious one, but who are the best heavy hitters to have going forward? Should we squeeze in Sterling for one of Hazard or Salah? I think we, we've answered that. Can I, Nick, what are your thoughts on David Silver in that discussion? I think David Silver is equally as good as the others, mainly because yeah. he's cheap. 
So you've probably get a few less points, but it's compensated for by a cheaper price. I think they're all three of them are pretty well fairly priced. So whichever one you get, you're getting reasonable value for it, I think. But I don't think you can just talk about the City players without also talking about the Tottenham and that as well, because yeah. it's all linked. Everyone's like really honing in on City at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. But it's not really, I wouldn't say they're even essential. If you've got Aguero, then you might, you know, there's a case for waiting for the likes of Deli Alley or even Sun or somebody. It's tricky yeah. at the moment. Just so many different because I'm, I'm going to bring in uh, just a second Nick what I'm going to do is bring a couple of questions in about Tottenham but just where you're mentioning Aguero so we can round off City there we've got Bill Al said has asked what should we do with Aguero didn't look anywhere near his best in the past weekend is there a higher chance of Jesus now starting we can add the Champions League into that and Ashley Roof has said Aguero talk to me what are your views on him now well, I think home is fantastic. He hasn't blanked all season at home. I think yeah. his lowest um, total at home is six points. And um, he's done absolutely nothing wrong. He's played every single game. So, I mean, people talking about rotation, unless it actually starts to happen, then um, I don't think we should be talking about it. Jesus hasn't been that great when he has played. Yeah. And uh, Guerrero seems pretty nailed on. So um, I wouldn't even be worried about him playing 90 tonight. I think he did come off for a minute or two to go. Yeah, towards the end, yes. He scored a goal. Yeah. But, I mean, he's pretty good. I think it comes down to a choice, really, between whether you want Aguero and Deli Alli and co, or whether you want Kane and City midfielders. That's one way of looking at things. Yeah, I think that's good. You know, if you want to spread the love about, I think that's the way to do it, either one of those routes. So a lot of people got views on Kane. I'm not overly um, struck by him. I mean, it's a lot. he's done scored in that the last few weeks, hasn't he? But he's scored like last six game weeks. I think it's one, two, two, six, seven, and five. He's scores in the last six weeks. So he will improve with better fixtures, but yeah. he's not the only route attack is he well yeah he has been improving Kane though hasn't he I mean over the last four he's got 17 shots which is top for all strikers and that's against City and Chelsea as well so he's proven he's getting better that's true the last game it was Kane Ali Eriksson and Son it was the first time they started together for the first time this season so, I mean, yeah, last year, they were, they were mentals, weren't they? They did, they did at times just absolutely annihilate people. And it was kind of Son or Kane, the ones that you would have. And then it was kind of a mix between Ali and Ericsson. Some people are looking at Tottenham as a, oh, wow, they've done this this one game. They're going to do it for the rest of the season now. They've got these fixtures. But it's only been the one game, isn't yeah. it? And whether or, whether or not they're going to continue it. I mean, they have, like you say, they've got the fixtures, though. They do have the fixtures, but Chelsea were really awful the other day. Much, you know, they were shocking. They were worse, played worse than many of their so-called easy opponents are going to play. Yeah. And there's also, also the thought that Kane doesn't necessarily do well against the weaker teams. He does do better against the good teams. So. Yeah, I mean, you look at last season when he blanked in those games which we were relying on him to score big. Yeah, and he did that against Cardiff, didn't he, a few weeks ago. And, yeah. Uh, but I think he's playing further forward again now. And like you say, with Ali and Ericsson on that back, he is going to be better, I think. And I looked at his... Um, he's actually doing better this season for his shots. So more accurate than they were last season. Oh, really? Just getting a lot left so yeah. far. But once the volume of them starts increasing, we could well see him back to his best. So I'm not rule- ruling him out. So that's while, while we're talking about Spurs, and Iceman, I'm going to give you a chance to um, let loose on these questions about Kane and Ali. Uh, Mark Dorney's asked, I want Kane and decided to stick with Salah. 
Do I lose Aguero or Hazard? One will go in game week 15, but needs to sort out funding this week. So decisions this week need to be made. So it sounds like he's saying uh, Kane for Aguero or Hazard. And there's a question from Joe Morgan on Delhi Alley. Not sold on Kane this season, as many seem to be. What are your thoughts on getting Ali instead of Kane? Well, I, th- I think we need to state the obvious here and say that you need to wait until Friday because you know, Tottenham play in the Champions League as well. And we need to see what's going on there, whether or not they get injured or whether or not they suddenly become out of form, something like that. It might show something different. I mean, no one was looking at Ali or Ericsson before this game week. And, it, you know, Chelsea were terrible. So whether or not it's just almost like they've hit the form either at the wrong or right time, depending on how you want to see it. And if Ericsson and Ali do start doing well, then obviously they've hit form at the right time. But if they, they flop for the next few games as well, then they've really lured you in with that, with that good game versus Chelsea. I mean, I, go on. I just, I just want to say, I expect, yeah, while, while you're talking about that, I think, it was no coincidence that finally they had that front four back of Kane, Son, Ali yeah. and Eriksson. And yeah, they've, they've looked nice this season with Mora and Lamella, but there's no doubting that the quality of football, when you have an Eriksson and Ali in tandem, they absolutely rip Chelsea apart. And I think if Eriksson's fit, he's got to be considered in this midfield discussion. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've got to think of all their players, really. But if you're looking at their fixtures going forward, it is quite a lot of fixtures. There. They've they've got they've got Inter Milan on the 28th, then they've got Arsenal on the second, Southampton on the fifth, Leicester on the eighth, Barcelona on the eleventh, and then Birmingham on the fifteenth, Arsenal in the uh, Carabao Cup on the nineteenth. That's a lot of fixtures all at once. And is Kane going to play every game? Is Ali going to play every game? Eriksen, Son. Will they play their best attackers every single game? I think with this congestion fixture, I don't think they are. And I think the best option is going to be Kane because you know he's nailed. Yeah, I possibly agree with that this season because they have got extra troops in midfield now, haven't they? But they didn't really have last season. They've pretty much always had to play Ali and Eriksson last season. Yeah. Season they don't. So And Kane's not going to be rested. So that that is one big plus in Kane's favour, I think. But the other good news is I don't think we need to rush into it because it's not until the Southampton game that we have to decide. So, um, you know, I mean, they could look rubbish against Arsenal again, couldn't they? You just don't know. But there's no point buying them this week, I think. Yeah, I do kind of agree with that. But in a way, I feel like maybe this is Spurs on a roll as well. You could see it as Spurs hitting form at the right time as well. Because Arsenal, if they're going to play Kalashnikov at left side, he can't defend for Toffee. Son is going to have a field day there. Remember when Son was the one of the best options? You just can't see him getting all the game time, which is unfortunate. Because I thought like he would be the best midfielder option for Spurs. It's just, yeah, you can't rely on that game time. Value for money, he would be the best if he was playing all the time, for yeah. sure, wouldn't he? Mm, yeah, I yeah. think Dali's moved ahead of Ericsson, I think, because Ericsson's not on so many set pieces now. Mm, I still think it's better to wait, because also you've got the dilemma of who to take out, haven't you, for this week? Because you're not going to want to take Hazard out this week. You're not really going to want to take Salah out this week when they've got a home fixture. So not for a Tottenham player, anyway. You might do it for a Sterling or somebody. But not for a Tottenham player, I think. It's just a bit I think, wrong. I think what I'm hearing here is Tottenham is uh, safer to wait and go with the other options for this game week. Yeah, maybe this this game week. But going forward, like Nick said, Ali 
probably pops up in the box more. So he's probably the better option in terms of Ericsson. I think he's he's usually reliable, Ericsson, but I think he's got stomach injury at the moment. I saw somewhere that the Denmark coach was hinting that it was a chronic stomach injury. And if that was the case, he's guaranteed to miss a game, isn't he? He is. That's, uh, I didn't, well, I heard something about that. I thought he just had the shits or something. I didn't really, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize he actually had a pop, like some massive yeah. thing. Yeah, Denmark coach said something like that. And also, uh, no Ericsson does hurt Kane as well. That's right. That's the other thing, isn't it? Because you're talking before about having those ones together with Kane. So yeah. you yeah. want them together. Yeah. But, I mean, if you're getting Kane, you're going to want to be getting rid of Aguero, aren't you? And you're not going to want to do that this week. No, not so, this week. Uh, but, I mean, going forward, if you feel like his game time is reduced, Kane, yeah, seven goals, two assists so far this season. Yeah, it could, could be a good option against that Southampton team, which is just terrible. I spoke to my Southampton mates who I play football with every Sunday. It was just like, yeah, just bring in players against us. We're, we're shit. So... Yeah. I've been criticising them a lot lately because he keeps playing two strikers and it just like makes the mid- midfield just too weak and the uh, teams are just running through them. Yeah. So Austin's so slow and um, they can't afford to play two strikers. I don't know why he keeps doing it. Yeah, I know what you mean. And uh, I mean, going back to, to Kane with his always starting, uh, that's kind of a good thing for the Christmas pile-up as well because you kind of know he's going to start. And as... Go on, mate. Go on, I was going to say, it might be worth us talking about the Christmas fixture pile-up. Is there any, any more points you've got on Kane? Uh, well, just that he's got the most shots within the last four, most shots on target since game week 10. You know, like yeah. Nick said, plays furthest forward for Spurs now. And there were some stats I saw on FS Scout. Between game weeks 1 and 10, Kane averaged 2.9 shots per game. But across the last three matches, he's recording 5.33 per 90 minutes. So it shows he is getting better as well. Yeah, the uh, it's not a stat, but the, the only other thing I'll throw into the Kane discussion is he really loves screwing Arsenal over. <laughs> he does, yeah. <laughs> I, d- I did consider him for this week in some way, but you can't do it Even- when Aguero's got one. Even though uh, Harry is a gooner. Okay, um, I think you've led us nicely into some questions about the Christmas fixture pile up here. So, Johan Anderson, please discuss if a different strategy is needed during the busy schedule. Is it more useful to take hits during this period than otherwise in your experience? Also, with all teams forced to rotate during Christmas, does this make Man City midfielders more interesting than normally since other teams will rotate closer to the degree that Man City do for the whole season. Looking forward to this pod. I think the main thing is you've got to kind of sort your bench out before Christmas turns up and uh, try and get rid of uh, like rubbish on your bench. I mean, I've got a lot of rubbish on my bench. So I'm going to be sorting them out in the next few weeks. I probably will have to take a hit or two over Christmas. It's probably not a bad idea. Because you've got midweek game weeks and everything coming up and there will be more rotation than normal. So sometimes when it's like that, if you get wind of someone that's going to be rested, you can often take a minus four and it doesn't really cost you much. There's definitely going to be some rotation about, but I don't think you can really plan for it too much because it's often not the players you think that are going to be rotated that end up being the ones rotated. So, Yeah, Nick, we've, there's actually someone, I think, to build on this point. FPL Chancellor Dan seems a fan of yours. So they're saying Nick seems to like nailed on players, even if they aren't in the best teams. Um, is that what we should all be looking at with the busy, busy schedule coming up, even if it means missing out on more explosive assets? 
Yeah, I normally go for um, more nailed on ones. It's probably why I've missed out on like Trent Alexander Arnold and people like yeah. that. I tend to have them. And they, he's done pretty well, hasn't he? So, um, yeah, some free I kick. Do, yeah, I do avoid rotation risk generally. Can't always avoid it. I mean, like, even, well, Aguero hasn't been, has he? But as soon as I buy Man City mid, then I'm going to be exposed to some rotation somewhere, probably. The trick is not to have too many of them, I think. Yeah, it's difficult to say. I mean, if you look at the, just say the top seven, where you're looking at the high-priced assets, Man City are going to rotate, Liverpool are going to rotate, Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal, maybe Everton not so much. But I can see Man United rotating as well. All those teams got either Europa League and Champions League. There's going to be some rotation in there somewhere. But the the point of the previous question is you may as well go for the city assets, even though you think they're going to be rotatable. And yeah, I, I think yeah. that is, I think that's true. As long as you've got a good bench, it's not going to yeah. hurt you too much. But. Mm. So uh, we've got um, V at uh, Inomet. Sorry if I've said that wrong. They're asking, which teams do we actually keep away from this December? And is there any that you're inclined towards? Iceman? Um... <laughs> So, you know, the worst teams is the easy answer to that one in terms of Burnley, you know, Southampton, etc. But I don't think there's anyone who you need to keep away from. Even all the teams which are just listed, they're going to rotate. So at some point they're going to score big points and you've just got to be looking at the teams with the good fixtures as well. Yeah, basically that's it. Just avoid anyone with bad fixtures and that's about it really. It's the sort of teams I don't have anything to do with like Burnley and um, those sort of teams I just avoid them anyway so uh, not going to be much different fair enough okay so let's move on from there I think a nice question to tie in with this one might be um, we had a question around wildcard usage and this is from Tarfeg El Sharif hi guys I'm on wildcard what's the best players to bring in so We've already kind of talked about top midfielders and strikers. I guess any others you would add to that or defenders, uh, Nick? Um, hmm, that's a bit tricky. Um, I it's think a very broad question. You, you want Tottenham, Man City cover. Liverpool, probably want Liverpool cover. I think it's more of a, what you should be looking at with the wild card now is more your kind of structure that you're setting up, whether you want to carry on with these expensive defenders or whether you want to go cheaper in defence. Because if I had a wild card now, I'd be spending less in defence. So I have more money for the likes of the premium midfielders. I've got at least three premium midfielders and a top striker in there. So, I mean, that costs money. It's um, should more of the structure, I think, you should be looking at than worrying about which players. Because uh, the more money you've got, then the more choice you've got of who you're bringing in. That's yeah, basically my thoughts on it. Yeah, I like that. Iceman, would you go against that in any other way? No, I fully agree. I can't really dispute that. There's not really much else I can add to that one. Well, I think to to tack on to that, we've got a question from Prashant Tiwari, and I think this, this fits quite well because a lot of people have supplemented their team with Wolves players because they're a little bit cheaper and defensively, certainly, they've been performing. So um, they're asking, is it time to say goodbye to Wolves double in defence? In this Christmas period, in the, sorry, in the Christmas period, they wouldn't want to double up on any team. So I guess they're asking about coming away from the likes of the Patricio Doherty double up or the Bennett Doherty double up. Nick, how do you feel about that? Well, I mean, Bennett was just a four million player anyway, I think, yeah. wasn't he? So yeah, just a placeholder. If I had him, I'd probably just keep him, but not yeah. pay him. Because I've got Doherty as well. I'm happy playing him because of his attacking prospects. 
yeah. rather than defensive side of things. But if I had Bennett as well, I'd probably still keep Bennett, but just only play Doherty and just keep Bennett where he belongs on the bench. But um, they haven't been that great Wolves for a while now because they lost 2-0 at home to Watford about four or five weeks ago. Yeah. And then they were awful. And then they did the same this week, didn't they? They're terrible again. So they're not as good defensively as people have been hyping them up to be, I think. I wouldn't be overly reliant on them. Yeah, they had that kind of one random result, didn't they, in that, that patch of fixtures. But then we had more of the bad stuff at the weekend. Iceman, I know you've been a fan of Doherty all season, haven't you? Yeah, I, I feel like he's the, the attacking option there, which is yeah. a great asset to have in your team. I, just, just looking at the numbers for Wolves and seeing that they they have kept a few clean sheets and they've, they have faded the last few games as well. If you look at just in the last game alone against Huddersfield, it was 14 attempts they, they conceded, which not normal for them. They have been in the bottom five over the last four or four shots conceded as well. So that's why people are kind of looking at it. The double up, yeah, I'm on Patricio and Doherty at the moment. I do have Fabianski and some other players I can rotate between. So I have got that option to go. They've got, who have they got next? Cardiff, is that away? Cardiff don't score many. Probably keep for this. I feel like you've got other problems in your team which you could probably fiddle around with if you are doubled up on Wolves wouldn't necessarily be that concerned about it unless you haven't got anything else to do or you haven't got any City players to bring in or anything like that but Huddersfield kind of targeted Wolves the central midfielders and then pinged their wing backs back and it was like they were playing a bit deeper so you know maybe they've figured out Santo's way of playing and just see how it goes because could have Wolves having a few clean sheets in the next few or you could just be conceding like they have been it's difficult I mean Santo was not very pleased at all at the end of that game and I'm sure he's going to really buck them up for this game so I'm I'm thinking about playing the two Wolves defenders for uh, this game against Cardiff going forward maybe not if you've got the chance to take one out like Patricio or something then maybe go for it but it depends what options you're bringing in yeah, I think um, another team perhaps similar to, to them in people's thinking. So uh, Chibeza Siley has brought up the question, is it time to invest in Crystal Palace assets? So I've always thought, if you look at Crystal Palace's starting eleven in principle, that is a really athletic, dynamic team that's got some brilliant individuals. Nick, what do you think about them in terms of their, their fixtures and what they offer at the moment? Yeah, well, I've always liked them. I mean, I've got their keeper. I should yeah. have started it this week. I was just... 50-50 choice whether to start him or Foster. Yeah. Because one was playing Liverpool and the other was playing um, Man United. And I started the wrong one and missed out on 10 points. But I've got Wan-Bissaka as well. I mean, he's just uh, fantasy gold, isn't he? So yeah, yeah. I've just kept him the whole time. I had no intention of selling him. But yeah, even Zaha with um, the fixtures they've got now could be worth considering. I mean, he's an alternative to an out of it in the same sort of price range, isn't he? So... He hasn't done much yet this season, but at least he's fit, whereas an out of it doesn't seem to be really full strength. I feel I feel the situation with Zaha is quite similar to that of Hazard, in that at the start of the season, Zaha, when he was playing off to the flank, seemed to be, or with a big man up front, and Benteke doesn't do anything, but it seems to be when he's got that big man up front, he seems to do a bit more. As an out-and-out striker next to Townsend, he's not been quite as fruitful in terms of points. 
Yeah, it's just you, you can never see him getting constant double-digit figures, Zaha, can you? And he can get in like a, a seven or an eight here or there, scoring a goal. Plays really well throughout the game, and obviously he's the only attacking option Palace have because when he doesn't play, all they do is lose. But um, I, not, I, th- I think... Not, th- oh, sorry, Cam. He's not really a pure striker, is he? Yeah, no, he's, he's, more, he's more of a midfielder, really, isn't he? So. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, that's the problem got- with him. He was like that at the start of the season, now, wasn't he? But he, look at his points, and he hasn't been producing the points. So you probably need to see some more evidence before jumping on him. Yeah, exactly. We've not had a question about this, but at the start of the season, there was a few weeks where the question was, do you go Zaha or Mitrovic? Now, Mitrovic has been quiet the last few weeks. He pops up with a couple of goals again. Do you see any value in Mitrovic, Nick, or would you still steer clear and see that, that Saints game as a one-off? There probably is value in him, but because of his price, it means you have to take somebody out to get him. And so it's a bit tricky, really, isn't it? Because there's value in quite a lot of players around that price. Yeah. But, um, as you say, it's the first game of a new manager, isn't it? So yeah. whether he can keep that up or not is a different story. Yeah, you, you've also got to look at their fixtures coming up next in Chelsea, Leicester yeah. and United. After that, maybe game week 17, you know, they've got a flurry of pretty good fixtures. West Ham at home, Newcastle, Wolves, Huddersfield, you, you could potentially get to go. But he's he's always going to score here or there, Mitrovic. It's just, you know, everyone took him out for a good reason. I feel like that was a, a good decision because he was blanking so much. I mean, he went yeah. 10 hours of the Premier League action without scoring. And then he scores too. He could have got a hat-trick in that game game but maybe maybe it was the new manager yeah. bounce which kept him going you know Sessegnon even played well I wouldn't go there yet it's, it's again maybe wait and see what happens maybe let them hit form again yeah but, I think- but not not sure we've been out of it yet are we as well this week because he's but he's flagged currently and yeah. um that could be a problem. I'm not overly happy with him. I've got him, but I'm not that keen on him. Yeah, he honest. keeps limping, limping off, doesn't he? It is concerning. They do have good fixtures, though, don't they? And uh, they did just play City, I suppose. So I'll give him another week or two and see how he goes against easier opposition. Yes, that's if he's going to play, because there is rumours that... I mean, he didn't have all the international break-off. He did go out and play, but he didn't play much. But, yeah, he, he had a week off, and then he was... He was back and he was limping. There's quite a lot of fixtures coming up. That is a bit concerning for this West Ham, even though they've got good fixtures. I'm a little bit worried about it in terms of whether or not he's going to play all these games. But like you say, they are pretty good. And he's got two home games in the next three, Cardiff and Crystal Palace. You do kind of want to hold on because he he can be an awesome FPL asset. I can't see him playing three games in a week though. We've got that. Midweek ones next week. I can't see him playing all three games. Yeah, he's, he's not able to, is he? No, I don't think he is either. Might look at moving him on. Okay. Um, the last team-based question we've had is from Jens. So that's Judges One at Judges One. I think Emery keeps changing system and players at Arsenal, but I would like a player or two. Which one will you get the most? Sorry, which one will get you? the most points so they're asking about Arsenal here I can tell you not Lacazette because uh, since I put him in he's done nothing but Nick can you offer anyone from Arsenal an option well Arsenal are kind of my like, pet project and <laughs> I started with a couple I had Monreal and Aubameyang and, uh, yeah. Yeah, you, you, know, said, you said so, his name correctly uh, yeah I said it properly now and I got rid of it <laughs> um, I missed out on about 40 points from him I sold him before the film game so that's a um, warning for anyone thinking of selling Hazard this week 
I like that. So I sold, yeah. Bam- I sold a Bamiyang before Fulham, and I think the next week, three weeks, he scored about 40 points. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, in, in about I, 10 minutes of football. I was absolutely gutted, and uh, it's ruined my season, where it's kind of painted the whole season for me. But um, pick, picking Arsenal players is very, very tricky, because um, he does, he changes every week. I mean, even Ozil doesn't start every week, does he? No, you don't no. know where Aubameyang's going to play, whether he's going to be on the wing or up front, or whether he's coming off after 60 minutes. So it's all a bit of a nightmare, really. Yeah, trying to pick something. Yeah, you just you cannot predict that Arsenal lineup. By the way, I feel like uh, well, it, it made for good podding. By the way, when you <laughs> you yeah. were, you were a and oh, tipped up. Oh, that drove me crazy because I'd been on the meet the manager and I'd uh, I'd got a lot of stick from people for owning him. You know, people were going on, "Why has he got? He's supposed to be a good manager. Why does he own a Bamiyang and all this?" <laughs> and then just the I would have been famous for getting all his points. I went and sold him, and, which was a logical thing to do because he was flagged. And well, he didn't start, did he? And he played ten minutes, but he still yeah. got two goals. But it, oh, it's, oh, it's really was. It was um, it drove me crazy. <laughs> yeah, <I bet. laughs> that's FPL for you, isn't it? It is, yeah. it is big time. I've seen okay. a few people sold Sterling and have had a similar kind of um, experience recently. So. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to move on to oh, our next... Gone. Sorry, before you do, I just just want to say on, on a quick one on Arsenal. I did do a Arsenal versus Bournemouth match report on our Patreon site, so if you're interested in reading that, just going over all the assets for both teams, and I have concluded, I don't think there is any, <laughs> other than <laughs> other than maybe Brooks for Bournemouth. Bellerin. What yeah. about Bellerin? Uh, Bellerin? See, yeah, see, I looked at him as uh, an option as well, but... Yeah, even looking at the last game, one shot, no chances created. Uh, you just can never trust Arsenal's defence as well. We're still terrible, even when we put five at the back. And yeah, if we've got Kalashnikov playing, we're always going to concede a goal. Like people say, the quote unquote bread and butter, the clean sheets, and the attacking points come after that. But yeah, Bellerin was one. If we had good fixtures, maybe from game week fifteen onwards that you could look at you just don't think that we're going to get clean sheets against anyone no they yeah. haven't done so far they've been shopping mm. yeah whoever's right wing for Spurs uh, this weekend is going to have an absolute field day so let's see what happens there um, we've got a question from Tom Horner about captains so he's put nice really enjoy Nick's mini pods morning peeps question on Nick's captain policy which I think overall was a very sound strategy on the back of this game week 13, would he consider limiting the captaincy to one of the big six in future? Or does that just make the game boring? Um, this is supposed because Richarlison didn't score at the weekend. I but, think uh... it's probably pointing at that because that's where the... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, that's where the stats were pointing, weren't they, for Richarlison? But uh, no, I'm just quite happy captain and whoever's top of the poll, as long as they have a home fixture. And I'll just keep doing that. Because years ago, I used to like just go with my gut and everything. But I found that I wasn't keeping up with the polls. And I've run competitions on my blog for seeing if people can beat the um, beat the top of the poll. And over the time, they don't. The top of the poll always comes top. So there's no real better way of choosing your captain. And it takes all takes all the um, emotion out of it and stops you doing anything stupid, basically. So it works, so I just keep with it. But I don't think you need to limit yourself to the top six. Most weeks it is a top six anyway, but occasionally it won't be. So uh, follow the polls is the guidance there. Ice Man, have you got any other thoughts on that? 
Um, I can take the advice, but I, I don't do that. I just go with whoever I think is going to score the highest. I like it. Okay, so some more general questions now. Yeah, so this is one not so much about this game week, but more nostalgia, Nick. So Jens has put, wow, looking forward to this. Two questions, if I may, which we asked one of earlier. But do you miss the old days when there wasn't this much info about FPL on podcasts and Twitter? Um, no, not really, because I like all the uh, Twitter goings on and everything, and so I don't say I miss it. I mean, it, back in like five, six years ago, it was just Fantasy Scout, really, wasn't it? I mean, it, that place is much better then, because there was like more of a community thing going on there than there is now, and um, now everyone's all spread out all over the place, aren't they? But uh, yeah. I like it now, though, but I don't really miss uh, old days in particular. That's but fair it's enough. Kind of, it does feel, though, now that the game's kind of been solved almost doesn't it whereas five or six years ago it was like we were all on there like learning learning to play properly and everything and it felt more like that because now it just feels like it's pretty much been worked out just a question of players now isn't it rather than systems and everything but i don't know it's probably just i've been playing it so long yeah and it feels a bit like that yeah i've got to say i um i i like uh the podcast environment mainly because i get to speak to the Iceman every week otherwise we probably wouldn't speak for for weeks on end so if nothing else it's just uh, <laughs> keeps us chatting That's so true. so true a couple, couple of other sort of general comments um mark m bison has put wow huge guest hopefully it won't be too politically correct and you don't rein nick in we need some controversy uh, we made it very clear at the start that nick has freedom of speech um fpl at beard has put i hope to god there was a worse game week score than mine 36 with a minus 12 can anyone tell me otherwise i, th- I think his, his big problem there is to the minus 12 jesus christ yeah. what's what are you like for hits nick are you averse to it where, where do you go with them well i think i normally do about 10 a year i don't i don't like doing them for taking fit players out but if i've got injuries then i'll uh, do it or if I really need to get somebody in. They don't tend to work out well for me for some reason. And you, you only tend to hear about all the ones that have worked out well, don't you? Like you go yeah. on Twitter and like yeah. someone will have made about 30 points from taking a hit. But I find most of the time they don't tend to work. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they keep your team fresh, I suppose, don't they? So it's good to take one or two. But I'd never take a minus 12. No, mm-hmm. no, nor would I. Uh, his team week wasn't that bad, really, was it? Because I suppose he did drop points, but at least he's freshened his team up, I suppose. And I did see quite a few people only got about 20 points without taking hits. So, uh, yeah, it's a bit like that this week. Yeah, it was a terrible game, wasn't it? I mean, this season has been one of those seasons where I feel like there's been loads of goals, but I don't think we benefited from them this week. I think we're at a very um, crucial time of the season now. It's uh, very difficult, isn't it? Because it's the shortest week as well, because we've got a Friday kickoff and this is the week I've got the biggest dilemma I've had for the whole season and it's just so hard to know what to do yeah it's also breaking that template as well like I'm looking at moving Salah out and he's obviously a template player and then bringing in Sterling and then next week going for Kane you know just changing it up a little bit just to it's almost keeping it fresh and also like we had a question earlier with the rotation with the city they're all going to get rotated anyway so you may as well just go for the high scoring ones yeah, just whilst we're talking, before we uh, finish off there, um, just whilst we're talking about the Friday kickoff, uh, I'm going to quickly interject with uh, Bully's weekly Sky rant. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Sunday, Wolves versus Huddersfield, this Friday, <laughs> Cardiff, what? 
Cardiff Wolves. Enjoyable games for you. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you paid a good, good fair, subscription for I, I have got Super Sunday to be fair, but um, oh yeah, that's these a hell of a game. perk games of a, of a you know a Friday and a Monday. They're taking piss. <laughs> They're taking the piss out of me. That'd uh, be a good game, I think, that one. That'd Cardiff. be a good game for Cardiff and Wolves. So it's a big, well, it, um, really big game for Cardiff, isn't it? So um, it's good it, to it, see that. In, in in principle, you're absolutely right. I just think every time I sit down to watch a game, it seems to be kind of Newcastle, Wolves, Cardiff, and uh, and I'm just I'm just paying through the arse for this service. And I just want bigger teams. There we go. Boning boning bully out. Sorry about that. Um, the final comment. Uh, this has come from Fancy Football Tips, uh, aka Brian. He's from our Slack channel, and he's a patron of ours. Thank you for your ongoing support, Brian. Lovely comment here. I've only recently got into Trigger Lips pods, but I love them. My two favourites coming together. Lovely comment to finish off. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Fancy for tips. What a legend he is. Nick, I'm afraid you will be invited to our Slack channel after this pod is finished because all of our guests get invited, so you can choose whether to accept that or not. Oh, that's good. I will be accepting that. Good, good whatever it is. Good good enough. Enough. <laughs> I've heard about Slack channels. I don't actually know what they are. I'll get you involved. It'll be, it'll be nice to have you on board. The, uh, the Patreons will be looking forward to that. Iceman, I think you're probably needing a break, aren't I'm you? dying for a piss, mate. Right. Let's uh, interject here for the Iceman's piss. Thank you. Okay, so welcome back to the Iceman from his regularly scheduled, regularly scheduled break. Sorry, I don't have Thank to you. sum up this week because we've got no fixtures. So we can just Lucky. Do, yes, less work for me and the same amount, if not more, for the Iceman. So <laughs> um, let us speak about transfers and captains. So I will lead us off on this, given um, I'm not doing the initial bit. Um, my transfer this week, I am... I'm actually going to go against the grain of what's been said. I'm going to bring in Harry Kane, mainly because I'm a lot further behind than these two chaps with me. This decision might underline that. But also, I love his upcoming fixtures. And I also just, I love a nostalgia story. And I think um, when he plays against Arsenal, he isn't half fired up uh, against a defence that doesn't know its arse from its elbow half the time. So I'm going to bring Kane in. However, I'm going to go with uh, Nick's suggestion and I'm going to skip at Aguero at home against Bournemouth because they could be absolute fodder. The only thing I'm slightly nervous about is the 90 minutes tonight. But as we know, Pep does like to run Aguero into the ground. Um, Nick, who's going to be your transfer this week and who are you going to skip at? Well, the captain's easy. I'll just be captain in the top of the pole, which I think will be Aguero. Yeah. It's way ahead at the moment. And uh, the transfer, I'm not sure about it. It's actually the most difficult one I've had to make all season because um, potentially I'll be taking a hit. I'm thinking of getting um, getting Hazard in. That's right, Hazard. But yeah. I'm not sure when I have to decide whether to take out Mane or Salah for him. But if I take out Mane... I can only get a six million replacement for one of my four point fives, or yeah. I can take Salah out, and I can do Salah to Sane, and Hazard in for my four point five, so I can get Hazard and Sane in for basically oh, nice. Salah. 
which sounds pretty good, doesn't it? For who? So who was the second person? Um, Sané and Hazard in, and yeah. um, Salah and a four point five out. Right. Okay. That. Yeah. So, um, you get a Sané for nothing, basically, and, and that sounds very good. But I'm still very worried that um, Salah's going to choose this week to get two goals. <laughs> yeah, <it's> a, <laughs> I've, I've uh, just I've just seen your four point five Zambo Aguisa. Yeah, what the him. who the hell is that? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he's going, I think. Yeah, so, I think I think it was a good move. So that means I keep Mane instead of Salah. And then I can always change Mane to someone like Deli Ali next week if I don't want Mane. But getting rid of Salah gives me three premium midfielders, whereas getting rid of Mane only allows for two. So sounds quite good, that one, doesn't it? I think I might do that, actually. Yeah, I quite like that one. Ice man, you you can mock Zambo and Gisa, but that man had a storming season for Marseille this year. So you know what? Watch this space. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not, not in FPL, but I'm just saying he's he's, he's not awful. Yeah, he's also got no points returns, but that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what, what, what's your play, Ice man? Yeah, just I suppose just commenting on Nick's ones there with Salah. I feel like you've just got to be careful. Like you said, it could be the chance that he scores two goals. But you kind of got to go for some stuff, haven't you? It's almost like it makes it more entertaining for you as well. I mean, I'm looking at Salah out and Sterling in. I haven't got any other problems with my team at the moment. And then I'm looking at Aguero to Kane next week. Not this week. So keeping Aguero this week, I'm not sure whether I'm going to captain. If I bring in Sterling, I think I would go Sterling for the captaincy. He's matched, if not bettered, what Aguero scored at home. So I feel like he would be a good option, but he's got the 90 minutes as well. So that does scare me. So I have thought about Sané as well. He's the massive kind of differential youth player of the season last season, like I said earlier. Good stats in terms of his minutes per FPL involvement. There's a lot of thinking to do for me as well. I'm, I'm not quite sure. I mean, it's the Bournemouth without Lerma because he got another yellow. So it's making their defence weaker. Charlie Daniels had to come in for Adam Smith as well. And also Bournemouth, uh, joint second bottom for shots conceded over the last four, equal with Bournemouth with 67. They are third bottom for shots in the box over the last four with 44 and third bottom for big chances too. So it's all pointing to the direction of they're going to get an absolute drub in. And Raheem Sterling, he got his another double digit figure haul as well. He's on four for the season. I just think that he's probably going to score big here. It's either him or Aguero that I'm going to, um, I'm going to captain. I just can't quite decide yet. I know Hazard is a great option. I have got him. He's home against Fulham. He's conceded the most of the season. And even though Ranieri said he'll come in and improve them defensively, I don't think they can do it very quickly. They did concede two against the English Saints. So I don't think it's it's easy to improve a team defensively so quickly. So I can see Chelsea having a, a massive resurgence here due to having a terrible week as well. So I would say Hazard is a great option, but I will be choosing one of the, the Sterling or Aguero. That was a big, nice. big sentence I said there. <laughs> wow. And in summary of that, I would uh, go back uh, one minute on or two minutes on the podcast timeline and listen to it again. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, really. Yeah, but uh, as usual, the Iceman's logic rarely he gets it wrong. 
So that's transfers and captains. Now a few things before we leave you. So let's go through the uh, the surgery mini league. I nearly said fancy football surgery there. I can't say that anymore. Yeah, podcast mini league. So the top 10. In 10th place, we've got Ian Cooper with Beardsley's Poachies. He got 34 this week, so one less than me. Sorry to hear that, Ian. Uh, me, myself and I, Johnny Brosnan, down to 9th. Espo's All-Stars, Shane Barrett. Got 46. Smelly Sane, Rory Scott up to 7th. Blood, Sweat and Gears. Adam Gearing climbing again up into 6th. He's been he's been in form recently. Victor Moses Lawn, Joe Stone down to 5th. The Gabby Bon Lahore FC, Will Miners. I bet that's an injured team. Well, up new, into 4th place. New team in 3rd there. Um, G Sung Park the Bus, Andy Blackburn Syme up into 3rd. Secrets from Icemandia, Chat Moore dropping <laughs> down to 2nd. And trying to give up banter, Michael Taylor is up into first place. And I think what's really interesting, Iceman, is like we're seeing here, some great players in that top 10 not scoring much more than the mid-40s. So just goes to show even the best were affected this week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The template has uh, been ruined. Someone's ruined the template. <laughs> okay, let's look in the feedback box. And I love this one this week that Brett... FPL Sexy, whose thoughts we're going to hear shortly, sent us. So, had an had a English guy ask for directions. Heard my stereo. Asked if it was English radio. I said no, but it's English though. It's a podcast. He asked if it was football ramble. I said no. Then he said, oh, I know that. It's those fantasy surgeons. <laughs> he plays FPL and has listened for years in Australia. Thank you. If you are that listener, thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it's great to hear that. So we awesome. just have some random fans out there. I would also like to hear if anyone else has had that with, with us at all, whether they've just walked into someone else listening to it or something like that. I'd love to hear stories like that. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely awesome. So if, uh, if you have any obscure uh, stories about the surgery far and wide, please do share them within reason, of course. Iceman, shall we hear some sexy thoughts? Yeah, let's hear some sexy thoughts. I will just play it now. Sexy with sexy thoughts. This week's sexy thoughts goes out to facial hair, to beards. That's right, to beards. That big, beautiful, manly stuff that grows on your face. I was eating something so delicious the other day, I was horrified. I dropped a little bit. And later, I looked in the mirror, and it was still in my beard. So I got to eat it again. Double goodness. Remember what they say? If your dad doesn't have a beard, you got two mums. You! <laughs> that was great from Sexy. I love that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Incredible. I suppose, do you, do you find that the, the, the beard few functions are sort of like a... Like a food catcher. Yeah, occasionally, uh, you know, fiance does tell me you've got a little bit in your beard. So yeah, I was just like, I was just saving that for later. It's yeah, good. it's lovely. Nick, have you have you ever grown a beard? No, I've never had one actually. Oh, I did do a Movember one year, but nothing nice. much grew. <laughs> <laughs> the the Ice Man actually, I remember did Movember a few years ago, and I remember his effort wasn't that fantastic, and yet here we are about five years on, and he's got. An absolute face full of the stuff, so he's proven me wrong again. <laughs> Love it. Very strong. Well, if you want to get involved with the FPL surgery, as we spoke about earlier, get involved in our patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery support following. The Slack channel really is all kicking off and get chances to win more exclusive FPL surgery prizes. Any support, big or small, is greatly appreciated. Please join our mini league, so 225 hyphen three six nine getting competitive in there with over a thousand players now 
visit the website fplsurgery.com. You can find us on the usual socials, Facebook, listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes, uh, and also at the pod on Reddit. Most of our most of our contact is on Twitter at fplsurgery. And finally, for more formal discussions, you can email us info at fplsurgery.com. Please don't spam us. And if, if you want to send us any free stuff like Siren Craft Brew has, feel yeah. free to. And you can just email me at info at fplsurgery.com and yeah, send us some free dumbbells or something like that. Yeah, any, any lifting equipment or... Uh, paraphernalia is uh, greatly accepted yeah sirencraftbrew.com thank you for supporting this podcast make them your beer of choice this festive period so i want to thank nick trigger lips for joining us did not disappoint Uh, thanks guys i really enjoyed that it's a good pod i think it's going to come out well yeah definitely cheers man it's been a great pod Nick, I mean, I think most of our listeners will be aware of you, but how can people follow your daily podcasts, find you on Twitter, tell tell the listeners about how to get in contact with you? Yeah, um, what's my Twitter handle? Let's have a look. Uh, Nick, Nick at, oh, I don't know what you call it. Find <laughs> me on there. But the, <laughs> the pods are all on uh, SoundCloud. Is it SoundCloud? Yeah, yeah. SoundCloud, yeah. Right. Let's have a look. Where's my Jimmy handle? Oh, I don't know what it is. I think it's at Nick Triggerlips. Oh, here we are. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll we'll link it when we post the pod, uh, so people will know where to to look for you. You find me on there anywhere. I'm always on there. <laughs> You'll find Nick. One way or another, you will find Nick. <laughs> Iceman, it comes to that time in the podcast once again where I ask you for your infinite wisdom to inspire those as they journey forth in this week, the final week of November. Three words: Siren Craft Brew. And on that note. From me, Bully, thanks for listening. Good luck in your game weeks. Up the pod. Up the pod. Cheers, guys. And that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Nice. Efficient. <clears throat> nice. Nick, you really are a good guest. You know that. Great guest. Yes. Solid. You, probably say, you say that to everybody, I expect. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do not. Yes, we do. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs>